We're getting to the end of our Divine Exchange series, and I've enjoyed preaching it, and I hope you've enjoyed hearing it. We're going to continue this morning. We're in John chapter 19, and we're going to start in verse 31. It was the day of preparation, and the Jewish leaders didn't want the bodies hanging there the next day, which was the Sabbath, and a very special Sabbath because it was the Passover. So they asked Pilate to hasten their deaths by ordering that their legs be broken and their bodies could be taken down. So the soldiers came and broke the legs of the two men crucified with Jesus. But when they came to Jesus, they saw that he was already dead, so they didn't break his legs. One of the soldiers, however, pierced his side with a spear, and immediately blood and water flowed out. This speaks of the truth. This, um, excuse me, this report is from an eyewitness giving an accurate account. He speaks the truth so that you also can believe. These things happen in fulfillment of the Scripture that say not one of his bones will be broken, and they will look on him that they pierced. Father, I pray that you help me to teach your word today. God, I pray your anointing. Help me, Lord. Anoint me to teach and preach your word. God, I pray your anointing in this place today. Lord, your anointing is the teacher, is the instructor, is the revealer. And I pray that your spirit would reveal truth and open up, Lord, the truth of your word to each and every one here. Lord, let scales fall off our eyes and let revelation and light come into our spirits. And may the truth of your word go deeply into our hearts and find root in our hearts, bringing fruit, Lord, for everlasting life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, the last thing that was done according to this passage of Scripture is before Jesus was taken off the cross is the soldiers took a spear and they pierced the side of Jesus. Verse 34 says, One of the soldiers, however, pierced his side with a spear and immediately blood and water flowed out. Now, the Bible records that when the soldiers pierced his, uh, his side, that blood and water poured out. You know, and, you know, the Bible is an amazing book. And there's so much to know. And it's just like, you know, the more you dig into it, it's kind of like, have you ever ate something and it seems like the more you chew it, the bigger it gets? It's kind of like the Bible. The more you know, it's like the bigger it gets. You can't ever get to the end of it. And there's so much truth in the Word. And, and the fact that the, the uh, Bible records that blood and water came out of the side of Jesus, I believe, is significant. And, you know, uh, the, the flow of the blood and water... Uh, it's been interpreted in different ways. Some people believe that it represents the old and the new covenants. And some people believe that the blood represents uh, justification and, and uh, through the blood and, and water, sanctification. And then others, some believe that the flow of blood and water is evidence that Jesus died of a broken heart. It seems that uh, his uh, perigordum, which is a membrane surrounding the heart, was filled with a clear liquid but it had blood in it. And, uh, and, and, and uh, they've, they've found out, and they've done research, and, and they found out that some, some believe that Jesus died of a broken heart because there was water that came out of his side because uh, his heart was, was just overwhelmed with the agony and the emotional uh, strain that he endured on the cross. Well, you know, there's really no way uh, to prove that. They have found out that people that have endured a long-term uh, uh, situation of great, intense, emotional 
uh, agony, that their, that their hearts tend to, to burst, uh, blood vessels burst and blood flows into that membrane around the heart and they find blood in there. Well, I don't know. There's nowhere to prove that, that Jesus died of a broken heart. However, though, there, uh, we do know that Jesus endured great emotional agony whenever he went to the cross. You know, the Bible tells us that he suffered great rejection. And uh, in Isaiah 53 and 3, it says he was despised and rejected by people. He was a man of sorrow, familiar with suffering. He was despised like one from whom people turned their faces. And we didn't consider him to be worth anything. That's major rejection right there. We know that Jesus suffered great physical and verbal abuse. The Bible says in John 19 too, and the soldiers made a crown of thorns, placed it on his head and, and a, put a robe, a purple robe on him. And they shouted, hail King of the Jews. And they mocked and they struck him with their fists. And so here they are making fun of him and striking him in the face, physical abuse, verbal abuse. We know that Jesus uh, suffered betrayal from some of his closest friends. The Bible says in Matthew 26, 21, and while they were eating, he said, I tell you the truth that one of you will betray me. And this was Judas. This was one of his closest companions. And we know that also one of his closest companions, Peter denied him whenever he had opportunity to stand up for him. So Jesus not only endured physical uh, strain, but he also endured emotional agony. We know that uh, that Jesus suffered great feelings of abandonment. The Bible says in Mark 15, 34, that at three o'clock, Jesus called out with a loud voice, Eli, Eli, Lima Sabatne, which means, my God, my God, why have you abandoned me? So Jesus at one point even felt abandoned by the Father God himself. So while Jesus was enduring the physical punishment that he went through, how many of you, how many of you would agree with me? There was great emotional agony that Jesus went through. Great emotional agony. So, so we do know from the historical account of the crucifixion that Jesus suffered emotional rejection, physical and verbal abuse. He experienced betrayal from his closest friends and he suffered great feelings of abandonment. Why did he suffer such intense emotional uh, agony. Well, I believe the reason Jesus suffered such great emotional agony so, is so he could provide for us inner healing. So he could provide for us inner healing in our emotions. The Bible says in Isaiah 53 and 4, surely he hath borne our griefs and he carried our sorrows. Now he had borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Whenever you, whenever you study that out, griefs literally means sickness. He carried our sickness. Sorrows literally means pains physically and emotional pains. And so Jesus, the, the word carried there literally means he endured or he carried. So Jesus not only carried our sickness, but he also carried our emotional, our emotional garbage. Amen. I don't know how else to say it, but he carried emotionally. How many of you know that there is emotional problems? There's emotional healing needed in the body of Christ, just as there is physical healing needed in the body of Christ. So Jesus literally endured, tolerated with patience and carried our physical pain, but he also carried our emotional pain. Divine exchange is this, his emotional brokenness for our inner healing. 
His emotional brokenness for our emotional healing. The Bible says in Psalm 147 and verse 3, He heals the brokenhearted and He binds up their wounds. The Amplified says, curing their pains and their sorrows. Jesus exchanged His rejection, His abuse, His betrayal, His abandonment so we could experience the emotional healing of our rejection, of our betrayal. Come on, are y'all with me here today? Why did Jesus provide for emotional healing? Because you know what? There are many in our communities and in the church that are broken. They've been broken emotionally from rejection, from betrayal, from abuse. You know, I think about the the many people that have been abused, that have been abused physically. We're behind closed doors. They're getting physically abused. Behind closed doors, they're getting sexually abused. They're children right now being abused and they grow up and they become adults in our church. How are they going to get through this? I tell you how Jesus is the healer. Amen. He's the healer. You know, I think about those that have been rejected and abandoned. Some people don't even know where their parents are. Never knew their dad. Don't know where their mom is. I mean, you're talking about rejection. Abandonment just left at the door, the, the doorstep somewhere and taken off. There are people in our society and in our churches that have been rejected and abandoned. There are people in our churches that have been betrayed by their spouse, by their loved one, by those that they trusted the most. A betrayal. It's what Jesus suffered. He was betrayed, the Bible says. Many are paralyzed with the sorrow and the grief of losing a loved one, somebody they cherish so much in their life, and now they're gone. And they're living with the sorrow and the grief of all that inner, all that emotional baggage. And they're in our churches today. When I think of people who are suffering from emotional brokenness, I think of that little story in Luke chapter 13. To me, it's a great picture and I want to read it to you. This lady had a spirit of infirmity, the Bible says. In Luke 13, 10. On the Sabbath, Jesus was teaching in one of the synagogues and a woman was there who had been crippled by a spirit for 18 years. She was bent over and could not straighten up at all. And when Jesus saw her, he called to her. He called her forward and said to her, woman, you are set free from your infirmity. Then he put his hands on her and immediately she straightened up and praised God. There's a spirit of infirmity. He didn't heal her of, you know, blindness or or he didn't heal her of, you know, it doesn't say exactly what it is, but it's a spirit of infirmity. And I believe that many are bent over with a spirit of infirmity, but it's not a physical infirmity. It's an emotional infirmity that goes deep and it causes them, not physically. Well, if you look close enough, you would see it physically but it has them bent over and it keeps them from standing up straight and enjoying the abundant life that Jesus has for them. And they have, they have remedy for that in the body of Christ. Jesus is the healer of rejection. What do you do when you've been abused? You had no choice. You come up and you've been, you've been busted up by your environment. What do you do? Is there any hope for you? Well, I'm here to tell you this morning that there is hope for you. Amen. There is hope. You know, I remember this, uh, you know, a few years ago, there was a friend, a friend of mine that moved to Colorado Springs and he was in a really bad car accident. I mean, it was, it was a t- 
terrible car accident. And after the accident was over, it looked like him and his, and his spouse had survived. They were doing okay. They were walking around. They were actually helping other people that were involved in the accident. And he walked around and given a report of what the accident, and all of a sudden he collapsed. And he died right there at the scene. Because what they didn't know is he had internal injuries. And he slowly bled to death. And you know, whenever I, whenever I think of that story, I think this is a picture of many people today looking on the outside. It looks like everything is all right, but they got internal bleeding going on and you can't tell, but they're bleeding on the inside. They're slowly dying on the inside, bent over. What are we going to do? I want to encourage you this morning. Jesus offers healing to all the brokenhearted. There's healing for the broken. There's healing for the abused. There's healing for the rejected. There's healing for the abandoned. There is healing for those that have gone through great emotional agony. You know, the great news about the gospel is that Jesus didn't just tend to the physical problems. He didn't just tend to the, to the spiritual problems. He tended to the whole man, spirit, soul, and body. Amen. That's great news. Isaiah 61, 1 and 2 says, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor and He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. To heal the brokenhearted. To console those who mourn in Zion, verse 3, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. That's a great passage of scripture. Jesus has an amazing way of healing our emotional brokenness. Amen. And you know what he does? He'll give you beauty for your ashes. I tell you what he'll do. He'll give you oil and joy for your mourning. Amen. You don't have to live under the cloud of mourning. He'll give you the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Come on, you don't have to live under the spirit of heaviness, not in the kingdom of God. You can trade in that garment and you can get your whole new garment. Amen. Take that old garment of heaviness off of you and put it in the trash. Amen. And then you grab that garment of praise that the Lord will put on you. Amen. That's the promise of the word of God. The Bible says that the Lord was anointed for that. Psalm 34, 18 and 19. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted. He saves those who are crushed in spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them out of them all. Amen. He is close. He is near to the brokenhearted. Part of what Jesus provided for us at Calvary is that he provided for our emotional healing. You know, there's a story, the children of Israel, whenever they got delivered from bondage of Egypt, and they were on a journey to the promised land, the Bible says they were on a three-day journey and they didn't have anything to, to drink. And so they finally come to a, 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 they find a watering hole. And when they go to drink the water, the water's bitter. And they can't drink it. It's too nasty to drink. And here they are dying of thirst. And so Moses begins crying out to the Lord. In, in Exodus 15, 22, Moses led the people of Israel away from the Red Sea and they moved into the desert of Shur. They traveled in the desert for three days without finding any water. And when they came to the oasis of Marah, the water was too bitter to drink. So they called the place Marah, which means bitter. 
Then the people complained and they turned against Moses. What are we going to drink? They demanded. So Moses begins to cry out to God. He says, Lord, what am I going to do? And so the Lord instructs him. And he says, you see that tree over there? Grab that tree and throw it in the water. So the Bible says in verse 25, he cried out to the Lord. The Lord showed him a tree. He threw it into the water and the waters became sweet. Then he made for them a statue in regulation there, and he tested them, and he said, If you will give earnest heed to the voice of the Lord your God, and do what is right in his sight, and give ear to his commandments, and keep all his statutes, I will put none of these diseases on you which I put on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord your healer. Hey, you know one of the characteristics and the nature of the Lord? I am the Lord your healer. Amen. So the Lord shows Moses a tree, tells him to throw it in the water. And as soon as the tree hits the water, the bitter waters are turned sweet. So it was at Mora that the Lord reveals the fact that he's a healer. Now, let's make personal application of that story. The bitter waters of Mora can represent the bitter experiences of life. The bitter experiences of life, it represents the hurts, the abuses, the rejections that we have all gone through. And by the way, all of us have gone through some kind of emotional hurt. We're in a fallen, broken world. You can't get through this world without getting affected. Amen? So Mara represents those inner wounds that leave you bleeding eternally, that cause you to be depressed, cause you to have anxiety, cause you to not be able to socially function and just mess up your life. Mara represents that. But the tree is a picture of the cross of Jesus Christ. It represents the anointing of God that is able to heal the brokenhearted. Amen? And so the tree represents the power of God that has the ability to heal your inner wounds. It's a great picture. And just as that tree had the ability to make the bitter water sweet, I tell you, the cross of Jesus Christ, part of the divine exchange, is that Jesus has the ability to place his anointing right where your hurt is and to heal your bitter experiences, heal your bitter waters, turn your rejection to acceptance. Amen. Put the balm of Gilead on the bleeding in your life and cause it to stop. Amen. See, the Lord not only heals our physical wounds, He heals our emotional wounds as well. Amen. He came to make us whole, spirit, soul, and body. That's great news. Now listen, I don't know about you, but there were years that I've been, I lived, I had no clue that this was available in the body of Christ. I just was left to suffer. But I'm here to tell you today, that you can be healed. Amen. So what do you do when you're emotionally broken and you drink it from the bitter waters of, of Mar? You apply the cross into those bitter experiences and release the power and the anointing of God in them. Amen. Come on, are y'all with me today? How many of you ever been emotionally distraught, emotionally hurt, emotionally broken up? Amen. Come on, let's get our focus off the experience and let's get our focus on the cross of Jesus Christ. Amen. Hey, we've had to live with our focus on the experience long enough. Let's get our focus off of it this morning. And let's get our focus on the remedy for our brokenness in Jesus. Amen. Jeremiah 30, 17 says, I will restore to you. I will restore you to health and heal your wounds, declares the Lord. I will restore you to health 
and heal your wounds, declares the Lord. Psalm 147 and 3. He heals the brokenhearted. Who does he heal? The brokenhearted. And he bandages their wounds. How does one receive healing from emotional brokenness? I believe there are two keys to being healed emotionally. Number one, we need a truth encounter. We need to encounter the truth. John 8, 31, to the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, if you hold on to my teaching and you're really my disciple, then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. The truth is we can be delivered from depression. The truth is we can be healed of grief and sorrow. The truth is we can receive healing from our abuse, from our shame, from our rejection. The truth is we can make it. We can survive. There is, a, there is the ability to stop the bleeding on the inside so that we can be healthy and whole. And we don't have to live bent over. We don't have to walk around eternally bleeding. We're outside. It looks like everything's okay. But on the inside, we're empty and we're dying slowly. Are y'all with me today? I believe today in this room, in this church, in this building, there are people that need to hear this word today, that it doesn't matter how bad your past has been. The Lord is greater than your past and he has the ability. It's not done. It's not over anymore. Just because you've been through what you've been through. I'm here to tell you this morning that Jesus has the ability to make you healthy and he has the ability to make you whole. Amen. Look up. Look up unto the Lord and receive his blessing. See, we got to know that truth today. We got to know that. You know, listen, you've heard the stories. Those of you that have been here for a while, you've heard the stories. All these children in Guatemala that have been so severely neglected and abused. And, you know, children that have been just unbelievably, unbelievably abused. And you hear the stories of they're becoming doctors, they're becoming lawyers, they're becoming teachers, they're becoming leaders in Guatemala. How does that happen? I tell you, they learn the truth of the Word of God. You know, society said you're a nobody, you're a misfit, you have no value. But the Word of God says you're fearfully and you're wonderfully made. The Bible says you have great value. The Bible says you have purpose, you have a destiny. God created you and He didn't make a, He didn't make, He didn't have a bad day. You are here because God has a purpose and a plan for your life. And when they hear the truth of the word of God, the word of God gets down into their spirit and they get set free. Amen. Don't believe the lie that you're, that you're bad, that you, you're the one that caused that abuse, that you're just a totally, you know, just a, uh, just totally a, a failure. Don't believe that lie, but believe the truth of the word of God. It might not be possible with man, but with God, all things are possible. And I'll tell you what he does. He takes the weak broken, failed things of the world. He picks them up. He raises them up. He brushes them off. He makes them healthy. He makes them whole. And say, now look at that. What man can take the credit for that? And no man can. But everybody has to point and say, that has got to be Jesus right there. Amen. So the more broken you are, the more busted you are, the greater ability that God has to work in your life and to totally change and transform your life. Amen. Come on, receive the power of the truth of the Word of God today. Amen. Amen. But not only do we need a truth encounter, we need a power encounter. In Isaiah 61 and verse 1, the Bible says, this is a prophetic word. 
Remember, Jesus quoted this in, in, in uh, Luke chapter 4. When he took the book of Isaiah and he opened it up in the synagogue and he read this passage. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. And he has sent me to heal. You want to know why Jesus came? He came to heal the brokenhearted. That's why he came. Jesus received the ability to heal the brokenhearted. Why? Because he was anointed of the Holy Spirit by the Lord. Jesus said, the Lord gave me what I need to heal the brokenhearted. That's the paraphrased version right there. I've got everything it takes to, to, to heal the most broken person you can find. I have been given the ability by my Father to heal that person. How many of you know the anointing of the Lord is the healing, delivering power of the Holy Spirit? Amen? And so the Holy Spirit has to, the ability to supernaturally Go deep into your heart where no man has been before. Listen, where no drug has gone before. Listen, where no drink has gone before. Listen, where no relationship has gone before. The Holy Spirit has the ability to go deep into your soul, the recesses of your heart, and go where nobody else has ever gone before. But I'm telling you, when he goes there, he don't go there because he has nothing else to do. He's going there to make it healthy and make it whole. He's going to restore and renew. Yes, he is. Amen. That's, that's the power of God. I was anointed, he said, to heal the brokenhearted. Amen. Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Verse 3, to console those who mourn in Zion. To give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning. This is a beautiful verse of scripture. The garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. That they may be called trees of righteousness. The planting of the Lord that he may be glorified. I'm telling you, I'm not going to live with the spirit of heaviness. Why? My, my father has been anointed to take that garment off of me. I'm not going to live with that. Why? I don't have to. Has nothing to do with my circumstances. It has everything to do with his provision. Listen, if Paul can have joy in prison for being abused and being persecuted for faith and for serving the Lord, bless God, I can have peace and joy in Lafayette, Louisiana, while I go to my house and put my AC on and eat my groceries. Come on, are y'all with me out there? Amen. Come on now. I mean, he wasn't in this prison where he had all this plush stuff with, you know, flat screen TV and satellite disc. I'm talking about, you know, the, the, the biblical prison was this, was a sewer, was a, the, the, uh, the, the ditch, the, the sewer gutter that the sewer went through and they would shut off two places and they would hold prisoners in there while stuff flowed through their feet. Not, not a jail like we know of. And Paul says, I have learned a secret to be content in whatever situation I am. Amen? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Amen. Are y'all with me today? Listen, I want to encourage you today. I, you know, I feel, I feel so inadequate to be able to teach this and explain this and, and, and put it in your lap and say, here it is. And, and sometimes, hey, God, you, he's unexplainable. 
So I, I don't know. It's kind of like that guy, you know, that, that God healed of blindness. And they said, okay, that, I know that was a sinner that healed you. You know, what did he do? And I don't know, man. He grabbed some dirt. He spit on it, put some paste in my eyes. Told me to go wash it. And my eyes were open. Who did that? Well, I don't know who did that. Man, that guy down there. I don't know. I, all I can tell you is I was blind, but now I can see. Sometimes it's hard to explain. But how many of you know You know it when you know it. Amen. When you've experienced it, it's hard for somebody to talk you out of it. Amen. And I'm telling you, the Lord has the ability to heal. Some of you in this room, you've been abused. You've been mistreated. You've been betrayed. You've been rejected. Right now, you're bleeding. And I'm here to tell you that this power of the Holy Spirit is here to heal you. You know, I remember... When I first started coming to church here, it was very uncomfortable. Every time I came in, I'd start crying. And people would look at me like, man, what's the matter with that dude? And I couldn't stop it. You know, I'm like, you know, snot, you know, all that stuff. And I'm just like, every time I came, all, I mean, you know, it seemed like if Brother Francis had an, an altar call for little toes that are hurting, I came you know, trudging down the altar and pray for me, pray for me. And I'd cry and I'd cry. I couldn't stop crying. I'd be driving. I'd start crying. And I didn't understand it. But it was a good cry. You know what I'm saying? I wasn't crying sorrowful tears. It was just good crying. And I didn't, I didn't realize it till later. But you know what was happening? It's just like when the Spirit of God comes into you and awakens you spiritually. The Spirit of God comes into you and begins to bandage up your emotional wounds. And you see, all of a sudden, the Lord is beginning to heal my heart. I don't even know. I didn't even know I was bleeding to death. But the Lord knew I was bleeding to death. And so because He's all-knowing, He's healing me on the inside. And now all of a sudden, my outside is changing. My outlook is different. The way I see myself, the way I see others, the way I carry on in life is totally different now. Why? Because I'm getting whole on the inside. And when you get whole on the inside, it changes your outside. Amen. Amen. I realize now what it was. God was healing me emotionally. It began to change. You know... It's just amazing to me. People come up to get prayed for, you know, and they say, I need strength. You know, I need God to help me with my test. And we start praying for them and they start sobbing. In fact, it makes people uncomfortable. Why are they sobbing? Why are they weeping so uncontrollably? Those of you who are here Wednesday night, that, that young lady that came into the baptistry, she walked into the baptistry. She couldn't contain herself. She was sobbing in the baptistry. What is that, saints? i tell you what I believe it is. I believe it's the healing power of God going deep into the recesses of the pain in people's hearts and healing them of the rejection, the abuse that they've endured in their life. See, God don't just deal with the outside and the external. He goes on the inside and He heals us. Amen? Surely he had borne our griefs and he carried our pains or our sorrows. And the next verse says, by his stripes, we are healed. By his stripes. When he bore stripes on his back, they weren't just for our physical healing. 
they were also for our emotional healing. Amen? Would you stand with me and let's close in prayer? Let's take a moment. Would you just, just be still, be quiet, and just, let's just apply this right now. Some of you grew up in a very abusive situation. Very hard life. Some of you have been through horrendous experiences in life. There's no way that I could be talking to this many people without knowing that some people in here have been through no telling what. Some of you right at this present time are going through incredible emotional turmoil. I think of Tony and Kobe and their family right now, what they're going through. You know, some of you are going through situations and circumstances that are totally out of your control, but have affected you emotionally incredibly. Can we take a moment right now to throw the tree into the bitter waters and experiences of life? Let the cross of Jesus Christ come in and just begin to settle in right where you are. Just, I encourage you, don't, this is not the time to try to keep it all together. This is the time to open up your heart and let the healer come in. Come on, let the healer come in. Come on, begin to pray with me right now. Let's ask the Lord. Lord, let your healing power be released right now. Let your healing power be released right now. Listen, I just have a sense that some of you, some of you, you're just bearing witness with this message and, and it is just right on target for where you are. And if you feel, if you feel that tug right now, I want you to just slip out of the pew and come to the altar because we want to pray for you and believe for God to just release his virtue, release his healing in your life. Come on, let's believe God. Come on, pray with me. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I thank you. The Lord, you're releasing the balm of Gilead right now. Thank you, Lord. There are people that are depressed. They're broken. They're discouraged, Lord. Father God, they're just an emotional basket case. Lord, I pray right now in the name of Jesus that, God, you would reach. Let's get some altar workers just to come and and let's pray for these right now and, and just ask God to just touch them and move in a powerful way. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for the power of the blood of Jesus. Listen. Listen, right now you might be sitting here and saying, I don't have none of that. Can I stop you a moment to say, the reason why you have an anger problem is you need emotional healing. The reason why you're so filled with fear and anxiety, you might need emotional healing in your life. Can I just encourage you right now? The reason why you're suffering with depression is you might need to, you might need God to touch you and, and just heal you of the hurt that you've been through in your life. Come on. Don't drink yourself. Don't try to mask your problem with drinking or drugging. Don't try to mask your problem with things of this world. Come on. All it's going to do is kill you. You're not going to stop bleeding. Let the power of the Holy Spirit stop your bleeding this morning. Come on, son. There's more people that need to be up here. And I just want to encourage you to come. Don't be embarrassed. Don't be ashamed. Amen. There's nothing embarrassing. There's nothing ashamed of just needing healing in your life. Because all of us have been busted 
and broken up. Now listen, all this that we're talking about, come on, just come on down. Don't be ashamed. Don't be embarrassed. Come on, if the Spirit of God is moving your heart right now, respond. Respond to it. Let God touch you. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Father God. Praise you. Would you extend your hand out to these right now? And let's ask God to release His healing. Come on, how many of you believe with me that God is going to change some people's lives right now? Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Father God, I pray that, God, you would just go deep into the deepest recesses of, Lord, the the hearts of the people that are here. God, go into their inner man. And, God, heal them exactly where they need healing, Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus.